Get ready to lead with your heart, embrace rejection, and change your language. Welcome to the Milk Crate Mastermind Podcast. I am your host, Amy Lancy. I'm the founder of the Milk Crate Mastermind. And we are here as a group to talk about some of the important issues that we see in business. And our thoughts, our opinions are all based on our three principles of lead with your heart, embrace rejection, and change your language. So um, we are covering our last installment of talking about Nancy Leffler's book, uh, The Alchemy of Grief. Nancy has been a facilitator in the milk crate from the get-go, and I've just been so thrilled to just highlight her work over the course of the last few episodes. And today we're going to talk about how grief can really impact your business. But before I go into that, uh, I want you to see who the key players are here uh, present right now, because uh, I'm sure you're going to hear everyone's voices and be like, who's that? Oh, who's that? Oh, who's that? So so I'm just going to do a round of introductions real quick. I've already introduced myself. Nancy, can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Nancy Leffler, founder of Being With Grief and author of The Alchemy of Grief, Your Journey to Wholeness. I teach my clients skills to help them successfully move through their grief journey so that they can find meaning, purpose, and even joy again. Beautiful. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Dot, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dot Wiggins, and I am the owner of Uniquely Organized and Utilized, a functional organizing service and coaching um, service. And I bring order to chaos. Sweet. Thank you. And we have Bonnie. Bonnie is a longtime member of the Milk Crate, but this is, I believe this is her very first podcast episode with us. So Bonnie, please tell the people who you are. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. I'm Bonnie Kaw, a financial educator with Five Rings Financial, helping people grow and protect their money so that they have access to it when they need it and so that they can also fund their retirement. Sweet, thank you, Bonnie. Dave, Dave, please introduce yourself. Everybody, my name is Dave Baldwin, founder of Baldwin Systems and the recent Escape 8 to 5 self-guided course. My goal as a process wizard is to apply my combined background in marketing, technology, and finance to create a process and set of processes and systems to build a thriving workplace culture where everybody looks forward to coming to work. I love it. Does that mean you have a wizard hat or do you have a magical wand or both? I, I am not actually a hat maker. That's my only <laughs> process I haven't designed yet. <clears throat> okay. All right. I got my answer then. So uh, Margo, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Margo Aerosmith. I'm with Age Out Loud. And my uh, job is to keep people alive and active and contribute, contributing to 100 and past. And of course, one of the ways to do that, which deals with today, is using whatever skills they have to continue to contribute to the world forever. Beautiful. Thank you, Margo. So I want to start off with the first point here. And I and you guys know me. I love words. I love defining what people really mean when they say certain things. And it's just really nice to get an understanding of that before we dive into the bigger discussion. So, and so what I'm referring to here in this case 
is unrecognized grief because for those of you who may or may not have heard the other episodes, you may not know what unrecognized grief is or those of you who have tagged along and need a little refresher, uh, we're going to do that right now. So Nancy, can you please define what unrecognized grief is again for us? Sure. Um, unrecognized grief is grief that's not acknowledged, grief that is not um, seen as valid. Um, and it's, it's so you, you may be wondering if it's unrecognized, how do we even know that? And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that, but it's in the symptoms. It, it's, it, it, if there's symptoms that you can't um, understand what's happening, like feeling stuck or being angry or being agitated, it might be a good good time to to um, inquire, get curious about whether that is grief that, that you're not naming as grief. And I, I think it's important before we start to talk about uh, the grief recovery methods um, statistic mm. about um, the cost of unrecognized grief on the workplace exceeds 116 billion with a B dollars every year. Mm -hmm. And they looked at three things. They looked at inability to um, make decisions or lack of concentration, mm -hmm. uh, poor decision-making and safety. So those are some of the um, impacts of not recognizing grief, not claiming or naming some of the um, symptoms that we, we may, may be having as grief. Mm -hmm. So when you automatically said that, uh, you know, safety and the, what were the other two points you said? Uh, you said inability safety, to concentrate and poor, inability to concentrate. poor, poor decision making. So a safety issue yeah. could be a result of a poor decision. I, I just when you said safety, I'm actually thought about the construction industry yeah. because they are always dealing with safety and they're always having to make decisions and choices and having to think on their feet. <laughs> and, and so that's what I'm thinking. So if someone's going through unrecognized grief, whether they lost somebody, they had a breakup, they lost um, some opportunity, they lost a friendship, you know, I could see how it can really impact them on the job. Um, and so when they are trying to do what they're paid to do, they're doing their best to suck it up, but then they are, uh, you know, they're not doing too well at it or they're being less productive. Um, so I would love to hear yes. from everyone else, you know, just, you know, when you are going about the, these entrepreneurial streets, you know, are there any indicators that you look for when you meet a new colleague or you meet, you meet a colleague that you've known forever um, in terms of like, how well are they really doing? Like, could, did anyone have any thoughts in terms of like anything they really look out for a uh, dot? Yeah, I like the saying um, that anger is grief undefined. Um, a lot of times hostile or very um, negative, angry people have a, a grief and it's usually not a, a loss of a loved one necessarily, but it's a loss of an opportunity or a need that's not being met. Anger starts there and then it just trickles and it seems like grief just makes everything else so much more intense and so if you just kind of dial in to you know and start the conversation for them create that space and get that out of the way then things are better mm -hmm. Mm 
Uh, Bonnie, I know that you have an extensive teaching background in addition to being a financial educator. Um, you know, from being around kids for many years and then working with adults now, it, do you, are you able to pick up on any early indicators of grief as you go about these entrepreneurial streets from your experience? Absolutely, Amy. <clears throat> and so, you know, we're still that, that child inside. And so a lot of the behaviors that teenagers have, and oftentimes that's when we start seeing them with people and they're carrying that with them and don't have the tools to resolve it and, you know, don't know how to handle it. So oftentimes it comes out as anger and mm. with working with people with money, it's also tied in with that fear. So when you've got mm -hmm. the two of them working, you know, the decision-making, a lot of times it's avoidance. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I, mm. you know, just want to um, move forward in my life the way it's been. And, you know, don't challenge any of my thoughts right now, but really that's what they need to do is have someone that can be there and listen to them and support them and you know seek the help if they need to elsewhere but um you know try to help them move forward yeah I, I was just thinking about how there are times when I've spoken to someone and I can tell that something wasn't right and you know I, I think I've been and I think some of us can speak to this I've been guilty in the past of feeling like I gotta I gotta help them. I gotta help us move forward. But like to the other extreme, like no, I'm taking out responsibility for this other person. It's like no, 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 no. They might not even want that. <laughs> they might not even want that. And so you know, I think what I'm hearing from you, Bonnie, we said, how do you get someone to move forward with you? It's not necessarily that you're trying to fix the situation for them. It's that you know you're just trying to get them to. Uh, you're just trying to get them to you know, either open up or feel just a little bit better, if that's what I heard from you. So, um, Margo, did you have some thoughts on that? I just want to add to what Bonnie's saying, just a little piffy phrase here, that overwatering a plant is not nurturing a plant any more than over-involving yourself with another person is nurturing that person. We really have to keep our boundaries and be very careful uh, that we're protecting ourselves, but that we're also thinking about them and not what we think they should need or want. Because um, again, overwatering is not nurturing a plant. Mm -hmm. You know, Dave, we're always talking about boundaries and agreements with you know, whether it's me and you talking about our partnership or whether it, we're talking about other people in our lives and how we're handling those relationships. You know, when it comes to someone who is in need of support, but they're not saying it, you know, what are the best boundaries to uphold for yourself in those kind of situations in order to uh, maintain professionalism, but then also to, you know, be able to authentically connect with the other person. Yeah, man, I think a lot of it depends on the nature of the business relationship, but I think I, I'm always a fan of having agreements be explicit. One of the areas that, and this may be a matter of personal preference, but I think some of it's coming somewhat universal, the, the idea that 
agreements should be defined and written down. I, I think my, my experience has been that one of the biggest sources of frustration well, that, that causes boundaries to get pushed and everything is when agreements are not explicit and when you have business on a handshake, quote unquote, and what, what ends up happening is expectations are not consistent. Somebody says, okay, well, I, I know we agreed on this, but I, I went ahead and did this instead. Some people find that acceptable. I personally don't. Uh, mm. and, and I think about how grief plays into this in any kind of a working relationship is that if we get together and at the start of a business relationship and we discuss a specific path forward and I, I now make plans based on the path that we discussed, then it, it, if the other person decides to go another path, for me, my trust is damaged at that point. Mm. And at that point, there's a grief that comes in where I, I say, gee, and I, I, I had a, an idea of how I thought this relationship was going to be. You obviously didn't have that same idea and you weren't honest with me about it from the get-go. And it's, for me, when dealing with me, it's very hard for people to recover once I feel like that blind's been crossed uh, because, mm. you know, it, it's, that's to me, the real question is, can I trust you to do the right thing when nobody's holding a gun to your head to make you do the right thing, but do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do? Um, and, and if I feel like I, I mean, like I, now that there's going to be consequences, now you'll finally do the right thing out of coercion. Now to me, it's not even really doing the right thing anymore. It's you're, you're just, you're, you're chasing to get the dangling carrot and, and basically serving your own self-interest. But so there's a lot of grief that I've had over that issue with mm. you know, relationships, business relationships, and personal relationships that I thought were going to be really good. But uh, based on what I just described it, you know, there, there's always been kind of a grieving process that comes along with that. Yeah. And you, you just touched on another consequence of unrecognized grief. And I would love to hear Nancy's thoughts on this, but you, know, you just kind of pointed out that when someone is dealing, dealing with unrecognized grief, they tend to be less consistent with their word and they tend to burn bridges. And it sounds like, um, you know, if we're all kind of in a sea of unrecognized grief, then it's a ripple effect on those of us who have, who maintain a high standard of boundaries and agreements that it can make us uh, not want to trust people as much either. Not saying that that's it for you, Dave, but I just imagine that, you know, um, for myself, if I run across too many people who are dealing with their own grief, but not, not acknowledging it and not telling me about it and saying things when they really are doing the opposite, it would make me not want to work with people in general. So um, Nancy, I would love to uh, hear any additional thoughts you may, you may have from what Dave just said. Yeah, uh, Dave's example was a really good example of another type of grief. You know, we often think that grief only occurs when we experience the death of a loved one. And Dave was describing how in a business relationship, when someone doesn't keep their word, there's grief because you expected something from that um, business relationship, no matter what it is, but you expected maybe to um, have a long-term a, a long relationship, or you expected this person to um, assist you in creating a program for um, the business and when that goes away it's it's the um it could be it could be the loss of a dream 
it's the loss of um, a business partnership and grief um, itself by definition is the normal response whenever there's any kind of loss. So whether the reason that someone responds or reacts that way is because they have um, unrecognized grief of their own um, doesn't matter because it's perpetrating that um, grief um, right. threat mill. And it's not until we begin to recognize it as grief and then take steps to um, move through that, that we can rise above it, move through it, and um, learn how to create business relationships that are based on mutual mutual trust and, and integrity. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hear that. And I just thought about a hypothetical situation I wanted to throw out at Dave. Uh, so let's say I was having a conversation with you, Dave, and you're like, okay, Amy, we got, we got this plan. And so you agreed to do this and I, and, you, and I agreed to do this. And let's say we were in the middle of that planning stage and we made the agreements already. And I said, well, just so you know, this other, you know, awful stuff is happening in the background for me. So I just wanted to just let you know that. Um, if that happened in the same conversation when the agreements were made, uh, you know, would that, would you take that opportunity to adjust the agreements with me if it looked like clearly I wasn't going to meet them, even if I had the best intentions, or would you just kind of just see how it goes? Well, first of all, I should say I have no issue with renegotiating agreements at any point, and mm. it's not necessarily always have something that has to be contingent on something happening to justify it. I, I think it's all about if, if people if people are direct and they shoot straight with me, I'm fine with it. I got I have yeah. no issue. Even if somebody says, "Hey, I I, I screwed up here and I overpromised. I'm not going to be able to hit it." Sometimes there may be a sticky situation that results from that. If I, but but usually it can be worked out. Where I have the issue is, let's say for example, you agreed to agree to pay me five thousand dollars, and ten days past the due date, you send me a check for two thousand dollars, and I call you mm -hmm. about it, and you say I don't see what the problem is because what you did mm -hmm. was only worth two thousand dollars, you know, or you know just just trying to backpedal or weasel your way out of a grant. Like that's right. that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Nope, that makes sense. And I think you hit the point, renegotiation. I think that sometimes people don't understand that renegotiation is an option, especially when they're having a hard time. So Dot, did you have something to add there? I, I just thought Dave's first response um, before Nancy uh, re revisited her points on grief was really a great, he hit on all four of the things Nancy said at the opening of what the costs are. And as business owners, we sometimes forget we have to check our boundaries for our personal experiences because it's so easy to put other people at risk and put our relationships at risk um, with clients. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we often go back to them or we're focused on our boundaries with them and their expectations being met, but we don't necessarily focus on our end of the deal with our colleagues and things like that and not realizing we can make somebody experience grief by not being mindful mm -hmm. so that that mm -hmm. just hit me 
No, thank you. Thank you for sharing, Dot. Uh, you know, I think it really comes down to mindfulness and being aware and being transparent um, and also understanding that renegotiation is an option. Margo, do you have any additional thoughts to, to add to our conversation? You know, I, and I think this goes along with with the whole theme, but what Dave was just saying about how the law, this is, for, I've been thinking about this since he said it, but the loss of trust is something that we grieve, but we don't think of it. Because usually what we'll do if somebody uh, lies to us or doesn't keep a promise, and, and, and as Dave said, isn't even honest about doing that, is we get angry. Uh, because mm -hmm. they did something to us, so we're really angry. But in fact, what we're really, well, we can be angry too, but but a big part of what we're really feeling is grief because we just we had trust in this person and and it's mm. and 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 it's this person the lack of trust in this person but then that we've also lost a little bit of our ability to trust the next person. Um, mm -hmm. So we really have to deal with the loss of trust with the first person, so that we can mm. then go on to trust others. Ah. Uh. That's it actually made me realize to some degree, I feel a loss of trust in myself because I'm now doubting my own judgment. And when somebody, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. Ah, I'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> follow up with that. that. That was so powerful. Oh my gosh. Um, I think when it comes to grief, you know, everyone talked about anger. You know, it's interesting when we think about the word grief, I, I usually associate it with sadness. And I think a lot of people do too. But when we are talking about in business um, or uh, just in action, grief in action, we, we described it as, as, a, as anger. Uh, Bonnie said anger. I think, well, actually, I think everyone said anger. And so uh, Nancy, you know, since you're the grief expert, you know, where does... Where does anger fall in line with sadness and and grief in all of this? Well, anger is an emotion that a lot of us were never allowed to express. And mm. so when it comes up in grief, it's um, it's one of those taboo um, emotions. And if if anger is taboo, grief certainly is. And so we try to suppress the anger along with the grief. And that's that's when you can only suppress it so long until it mm -hmm. explodes. And then and then what happens? You know, nothing nothing pretty happens when grief comes when anger comes out in, in rage. Right. Yep. And, and you know what, Nancy, uh, before I go into our, our last round. You just kind of highlighted something. I don't even know if you, you recognized it because we're talking about unrecognized grief and <laughs> recognizing it. Uh, you just you just basically said that all of us are in grief over not being able to express anger in the first place. So as yeah. we are expressing anger for unrecognized grief, that unrecognized grief of not being able to express anger is coming up all at the same time. So I'm just kind of like, my brain is just exploding right now. So... <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uh, uh, Dot, can you share your thoughts? And then we'll go into the very last round. <laughs> the other thing to remember is anger has two, just like everything has two sides to it. Um, you also have your passive aggressive 
um, side of anger where mm. a lot of us see that, at least in my business, a, a lot of my clients are passively aggressive. They're very mm. um, de detached from everything. They don't really have, you know, it's like, can we do this? And they're like, sure, whatever, I don't care. Or they don't even articulate it, but you get it in their body language and then their attitude. But then there's that little bit of gruffness or them holding on to everything. It's like, okay, I want change, but I don't want to change. I want my stuff, but I, I don't want it put away because they, they need to see it because right. they, they're, they're dealing with it. So I think that's important mm -hmm. to, to remember is it's not always the hostile yelling and screaming type person. Yeah. A lot of times it's the lack of emotion, the apathy, those kind of things. Right, right. Yeah, no, anger takes all forms. It doesn't have to be like, I'm throwing things at the wall to be considered anger. Like you can just be seething silently and that would be anger. So no, I think that's just a great point to bring up Dot. So thank you. Uh, so now we're going to go into the final uh, round, which is basically we all share our takeaways and also share how people can get, can get in touch with us. So, um, so Bonnie, you know, what was your greatest takeaway from today's discussion uh, and how can people find you? Well, for me, the, the biggest takeaway is to kind of look at the lifespan. And yes, there may be issues when you're young. The ones I saw in you know, high school and um, a lot of students were just trying to deflect and don't get too close to me and I'm gonna have these poor behaviors. So you have to deal with that instead of what's really bothering me. And then we take that into our adult life and, hmm. you know, we maybe relate to a business owner and connect with them. Um, or we may just shut down and say, you know, I'm going to move on and I'm not going to try to work with you. So, um, you know, I think grief, this is such a great topic to talk about. And yes, from the sadness to the anger and the expression of all of that. And so I just try to be the person that's going to to listen and do mm -hmm. what I can and refer someone to someone else, you know, and if I'm not able to help them and probably the best thing, you know, on the screen, you can see my first and last name and you can email me at bonniecaw at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Yeah, it's uh, basically that once we become adults, it doesn't mean that all the issues we had as kids go away. They actually just come with us. It's our, it's our luggage. That uh, it, that matches with everything. So uh, so thank you for bringing that up, Bonnie. Um, and you know, I spoke to some high school students a couple of weeks ago, and so I have so much more respect for educators than I did before, and I have already had a lot. So thank you for everything that you've ever done with helping uh, our our next generation and also our next generation of adults. So, um, Dot, what is your one takeaway from today? Uh, the one takeaway and is. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. And, and also, no, I was just going to say, what is your one takeaway from today? And uh, I meant to say, how can people find you? Oh, thank you. Um, the takeaway is we, we six are from very different backgrounds and our businesses are very different, yet we each um, have to be uh, recognizing and acknowledging grief and deciding to work with it as much as we work with the person in front of us or referring them and knowing whether to refer them for what they came to us for, if they need the services or if they need the grief person. So having Nancy in my mm. contacts 
is a great thing because I don't have to work with that and help and sort out the emotions and figure out the grief and how deep it goes and that type of thing, especially if it's not a loss of a person, but it's the other things we discussed. So um, I just really enjoy that, that benefit of the partnerships and the networking with Nancy, um, having her as a resource and having her page to go to, to remind me what to look for. Um, and that just helps me do my mama dot thing and, and feel like I'm competent and respectful of everybody, regardless of if it's to my benefit, if I'm getting them as a client or not, I've done them. I've been a blessing in some way. And mm -hmm. you can find me on Facebook, um, uniquely organized and utilized or dot a Wiggins. So thank you for awesome. letting me be a part. Thank you, dot. And yes, it is nice to have to not have to take on the pressure of being the fixer. Um, so I totally get that. Dave, what is your one takeaway from today? And how can people find you? My one takeaway is to notice uh, that a feeling of anger may be a mask or a cover for grief. And the question to ask is, if I'm angry about something, what is the unrecognized grief underneath it? And mm -hmm. I can see that happening in business or personal. But people can find me at dave-baldwin.com or you can go on TikTok. I'm Dave the Process Wizard. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Dave. Um, and Margo. What is your one takeaway and how can people find you? Well, to steal from Nancy, I'm, I'm blown away a little bit by the alchemy of these discussions we have because we have started with one thing and we have, we have made it something so much more. I'm seeing, after talking today, I am really seeing emotions and let's use grief at this point as really being kind of a stew of a whole lot of other emotions. So if we're, mm. if we're whatever we're feeling, for instance, if we're feeling grief, grief is certainly, I mean, we all think we know what it is and, and we, we know what it feels like, but it, it, it's a, inside that stew is guilt is uh, mm. sadness is relief sometimes. I mean, there's just, we have to ask ourselves this one emotion we're having, whether it's grief or even happiness, what, what are all the other emotions that are making it into this particular uh, emotions do? And you mm. can reach me by going to Facebook and you can look up the uh, page Age Out Loud, put it in the search box and I will show up. Awesome, beautiful, Margo. And uh, well, Nancy, if you ever come up with a revised version of your book, you could put like uh, emotion stew in there and then just give Margo credit in there. So, <laughs> so um, and Nancy, what is your one takeaway from today's discussion? I'm, and how I'm, can always, find uh, I'm still blown away at the many facets of grief and how they continue to, to impact each other in our personal lives and in our business life. If we have grief in our personal life, no matter what it is, it's going to show up in our business life and vice versa. And that grief stew is a different combination for everyone. So remember that too. Uh, you can find me at my website at beingwithgrief.com uh, or you can email me at nancy at beingwithgrief.com and I'm also on Facebook. Awesome. Beautiful. And uh, my one takeaway here is, you know, when we don't we deal with our grief in any stage of our lives, it's just going to come with us and it's just going to create a to toxic environment wherever we go. Um, so, and, and that's in re within relationships and business and personal and just 
um, how we do everything and how we view ourselves. So that's my my biggest takeaway from today's discussion. Uh, and so thank you so much, Nancy. I love talking about your work the last few episodes. Uh, and, you know, again, reach out to Nancy if you would like to talk to her about your own personal journey or if you just, you know, want to talk to her in general. And uh, if you want to uh, if you want to ask any questions or also want to inquire to see how you could be on the Milk Crate Mastermind podcast with us, uh, just email me at amy at amylancy.com with subject line podcast, and then I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Or you can go to the Milk Crate, sorry, milkcratemastermind.com. Anyways, uh, please tune back in for our upcoming episodes, and we'll all see you later. Thank you, everyone. Bye.